You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. series called More Than a Book. We've talked about how God's Word is more than a book. It's more than uh, pages or words that were written by man. They may have been written down by man. There were many writers, but there is one author. We've talked about how God authorized this, or he authored this uh, by his breath. He breathed this into humans. Humans put pens to paper, and now we have a book that is not static. It is alive and active, ready to go to work in our lives first, and then through us to help other people. It is powerful. We've talked about how it's bread. It is It is um, water to us. It's God's breath. So whenever we speak God's word, it's not that we're just quoting some uh, a good phrase, but we're actually breathing out the breath of God when we quote His Scripture. It's powerful. (laughs) And if that's true, which we looked at it for a full week, it is true. That should give us great power to read this thing, to speak this thing, and to declare these promises and these truths over our life. This is the only truth by which we can truly find. Freedom, And so today, though, we're talking about how this is more than a book. It is light. It's light. And so here's a popular verse. You've probably heard this verse before, even if you've never been in church. But Psalm 119.105 says this. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This is speaking of God's word. And so the word of God is a lamp so I know which step to take. What's my next step? And it's a light to my path so I know which path God wants me to take. God's going to leave you in a couple, he lead you in a couple different ways. He's going to lead you by steps, never leaps, never these huge bounds. Uh, My dad used to do this illustration in kids' ministry uh, growing up. He would have these little cutout footprints. He would call me up on stage. I was always the, the part of the illustration with my dad. He'd call me up on stage and he would have me, uh, he would walk in front of me and he would put down these little cardboard uh, cutouts of footprints. And he would talk about how God leads us by steps. And so he would put one down and that would take the next step. Then he put another one down, I would take the next step. But many times, uh, God was not going to lay out 10 of those footprints in a row and say, hey, here's the next 10 steps I have for you. Because honestly, if he could show us the next 10 steps, it wouldn't take any faith to take the first one. He's going to show you, here's your next step. Do you trust me to walk it out? But he also shows us it's a light to our path. Many times you're going to get to a spot in life where you're going to say, if I make this decision, it is leading me down a path that has the trajectory to go very differently than if I don't make this decision. Whether it's a job, whether it's a marriage, whether it's some type of relationship, there's a path that he wants to lead you on. And at that point, he's going to say, this is some insight into where you're going to go if you take this or make this decision. And so there's a couple ways he leads us, but it all goes back to light. And that's what we're going to talk about today. There's basically three things that light does. The first one is this, light eliminates darkness. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Light eliminates darkness. Um, have you ever, have you ever, maybe when you were a kid, I won't ask you if this happened when you were an adult, but when, maybe when you were a kid, did you ever go outside and maybe your parents had to take the trash out or go get something out of the backyard when it was night? And, you know, you go out there and as a kid, you go out to the back or maybe you're taking the trash out. And for some reason, you get this feeling that someone or something is chasing you. So it's at night. You wouldn't do this during the day. But at night, you like sprint because you feel like something is going to get me. Anybody ever had this, right? As a kid, right? Not as an adult. As a kid, okay. Yeah, okay. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? You just feel this anticipation to, I'm going to take the trash to the curb. And then I'm going to sprint back to the house 
to make sure that whatever it is, even though it's nothing, that it's not going to get me. Um, this happened one time uh, growing up, and I don't know if my, my parents even know this story, so this might be a, an eye-opener for them. Maybe they've heard it before, I don't know. Um, we had a friend who lived down the street from us growing up. His name was Elijah, and he would come over all the time, almost every day, and we would, we would do all kinds of stuff, um, hide-and-go-seek. We would, I mean, basketball. Uh, sometimes we'd come inside. One, in this particular time, he was over, and he was spending the night, and we were playing uh, Sega Genesis, Anybody? Any Sega Genesis? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Some 90s stuff. So Sega Genesis, uh, probably some Sonic or whatever. We were playing Sega Genesis, and he was spending the night, and we thought, he came up with this idea. He's like, hey, I, uh, I have a, um, a two-liter of Mountain Dew at my house and a bag of chips. I'm going to go get it and bring it back here so we can have it in the room with us, okay? For some reason, we thought we were being very sneaky, and so he didn't take the front door to go walk down to his house, which was just a few houses down. We thought it would be fun or funny for us to open the window and for him to go out the window, sneak out the window, and go down to his house and then bring it back. Well, we sent him out by himself. He crawls out the window. Luckily, it's just a single-story house. He walks out, gets out the window, and he goes down. And about five minutes later, we, we're sitting there. We're playing Sega Genesis, me and my two older brothers, and we hear this just panic pounding on the window, right? It freaks us out, and it scares us. And so we, we're panicking. We see that it's Elijah, and so we open the door, and he literally throws throws the stuff in and dives in after it. And at that point, we realize he is covered in sticky Mountain Dew. The bag of chips is crushed and his shin is bleeding and bruised up. And we're like, what happened to you, man? Like, what is going on? And at this point, he began to tell us that walking down, you know, of course, it's at night and it was dark out. And so he ran down to, <laughs> to his house because of that feeling of, Something's out here. And so at that point, he got the two liter of Mountain Dew and he got the bag of chips. And as he was coming back, he was walking, but then he started to walk faster because he felt a little scared. And at that point, he was like, the more he, the faster he walked, the faster he wanted to run. And so he began to run. He got this feeling so much that something was chasing him that he turned around to look and see what was chasing him, which was nothing. But in doing so, he began to run off of the sidewalk and he hit a fire hydrant with his shins and flipped over and crushed all of our snacks and drinks and covered himself. And then that explains the blood and the, and the shin and uh, why he is covered in sticky Mountain Dew. And we're like, bro, there was nothing out there. There's literally nothing to be afraid of. But can I tell you, this is how many people live their life spiritually. Why, what would help is if it was daytime or even if you had a flashlight. If there was light this would never have happened. But this is what happens to people all the time. They're living their life, and for no reason, because it's dark or they've allowed darkness to be around them, they are running in panic and in fear and hurting themselves, causing destruction on themselves simply because they're not using their light. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we use this to get rid of those situations? Can I tell you, there's no struggle between light and darkness. There's no great epic struggle going on between God and the devil, okay? Light is stronger than darkness. There are times where we are in a struggle as humans, as, as people that have, we have the, the presence and the power of God, absolutely. There's times we struggle with, between light and darkness, but God is not in a struggle, a struggle. Light overpowers darkness. Let me show you. John 1, verses 1 through 5, it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Capital W, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Word of God. We've talked about that in this series. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This is so good. This is so good. It's talking about the light that Jesus brings. Darkness cannot control the light. Darkness cannot understand the light. Darkness can never eliminate the light. And that's good news for us. Because when you feel darkness in your life, we have a light source that can eliminate darkness. But we have to learn how to use this to do it. It's not just, well, I have a verse, you know, uh, on a cool uh, poster or in a nice frame that hangs above our fireplace, and that's going to keep the darkness away. That's not what I'm talking about. We have got to learn how to use this as a light. We've got to internalize it and use it. Darkness, uh, let me say it this way. Light doesn't struggle with darkness at all, right? Go home today, find a dark closet that has a light in it, and turn on the light switch. How quickly does the darkness disappear? Instantly, right? There's not a moment where you walk into a room and you turn on the light switch and all the lights are working where the, it takes, well, I'm going to turn on the lights and the lights came on immediately, but it takes a while, like five or ten minutes, and then the darkness will leave. That doesn't happen. That's not how it works. That's not how light and darkness work. Light drives out and it eliminates darkness. Uh, let, let me, let's look at this verse. John 3, verse 20, it says this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Can I tell you, if you're stumbling in darkness, as my friend Elijah was, maybe not in physical darkness, but spiritually, if you, if you would say, I look like him, bloody and sticky with Mountain Dew everywhere, if you're struggling with darkness, the best thing you can do is run to God and his word. But what the enemy will tell you to do is that you're not worthy to be close with him, You're not a good Christian, so you shouldn't pray to him. And he's going to keep you in darkness. But this verse, though it seems tough, it's actually very encouraging. It seems tough, but it's actually very, very encouraging. It says it it, it does, um, they hate the light. They do not come to the light. Here's a great way of putting it. You remember old school camera film, right? Remember when you had film? You know what I'm saying? some of you do, right? Before you had, before the like, cameras, I had to explain to my son Gavin the other day why uh, my iPhone camera makes that clicking noise. You ever thought about that? He's never used a camera that makes a, a, a physical camera that makes that type of a noise. I had to explain it to him. Like, well, here's why. Because old school, you had, to, you, know, you had a camera that made that noise. He doesn't understand film. Like, you got to drop it off at Walgreens and then wait and hope they turned out good. Like, you don't know if they turned out good, right? That kind of film. How do they develop that in the dark? You ever seen the movie? I've never developed film, but I've seen movies where somebody's developing the film, and somebody opens the the door, and the light comes in, and they freak out. Hey, shut the door. Like, stop doing that. Why? Because the light will destroy the film. This is what happens with sin. When you're walking in sin, and you're walking in darkness, and you're welcoming, without, whether you realize it or not, when you're walking in sin, you're welcoming in darkness, the enemy will try to keep you in darkness. But just like, just like exposing old school camera film to the light will destroy it, so will exposing your sin to the light. When I come here, what do I find? The truth will set you free. The truth, not your, you, we have our opinions. I don't have my truth That phrase doesn't make sense. There's the truth. The truth will set you free. Only then will I allow it to come in and work in my life. Let me show you. Luke 11, uh, 
verse 33. How do we make sure that we're full of light and we're allowing light to come into our life to destroy sin and darkness? Let's look at this. Verse 33. No one, this is Jesus, no one when he has lit a lamp, he puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is what? Full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. I mean, there's a lot we could unpack here, but let's continue. Verse 36. If then your body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light. And when the bright shining of a lamp gives you, or as the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. There's a lot we could unpack here, but I'm going to control myself and just give you the main point here. What's he saying? We allow light or darkness into our lives by what we look at. Naturally and spiritually. Naturally by what I'm actually physically looking at. Spiritually by what I'm focused on. So what am I focused on? I got to take inventory of how much light am I taking into my life. I just did a little experiment while I was, while I was planning this, and I just went on um, the most popular, one of the most popular uh, news sites, and I just want to look at headlines. I wanted to see how many headlines in the news were even just somewhat positive, that weren't death, destruction, uh, chaos, uh, you know, all of the, the, the super negative stuff, but were just at least neutral or positive. I got through 20 headlines, and only two were somewhat positive. Not like really feel good, but just like, oh, that's good to know. (laughs) Two out of 20. Here's the problem we have in America right now. Many Christians roll out of bed every day, and the first thing they do is turn on Fox News. I'm not bashing Fox News, but hear my heart. The majority of the stuff that's on there, on any news channel, is darkness. Yet I wonder why my life is full of drama and chaos and all kinds of stuff. What am I seeing? What am I taking in? Can I tell you, it's good to be informed. It's good to watch the news so you you can be informed, so you know how to pray, so you know how to act. If you need to act, absolutely. However, the first thing I need to be taking in is some light. i got to take in some light. If I have darkness in my life, if I'm stumbling, if I'm constantly just wandering around, it feels like spiritually, I can't find my way, I just don't have any direction, I don't know what God wants me to do, why do I keep, why do I keep getting injured or falling short over here in this sin? How much light am I taking in? Naturally with my physical eyes and spiritually with my focus, my perspective. What am I looking at? What am I looking at? What has my attention? God's word says what? Focus on those good things that are pure, that are holy. Let that have your focus. Keeping our eyes fixed where? On Jesus. When I do that, I'm welcoming in light. And by doing so, I'm eliminating darkness. It's really pretty simple. What has my focus? What am I looking at every single day? Number two is this. Light recovers lost things. This is so encouraging. Light recovers lost things. It recovers lost things. Let's look at uh, Luke 15. This is Jesus telling stories about how people have recovered things that have great value to them. And this is the middle story in this, in this passage. And it says this. He says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she, does, or if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. Likewise, I say to you, 
There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus is talking about the importance of one person turning their heart towards God in the celebration that takes place. But even in the natural, what happens when this lady loses something of value? What does she do? She lights a lamp. Lights a lamp. We need to get in the habit of any time we lose something in our lives that we need to light a lamp. When I lose something, I need to get in God's word. That's what I'm saying. When I lose something, when I lose a job, when I lose a relationship, maybe if I've lost my integrity or my reputation, I need to get in God's word. When I lose my hope, I need to get in God's word. When I lose my joy, I need to get in God's word. So what in my life have I lost? What in my life has been stolen from me? Have I lost? Or maybe that I've forfeited. What has, what has been lost in my life that's been missing in my life that is in God's word, but I'm not seeing it? Light a lamp. When I light a lamp, I can recover lost things. And I can find verses and I can find truth in here that will help me bring it back into alignment, my life back into alignment with God's word. Point number three is this, light shows the way. Light shows the way. And this is, this is super important. This is, this is kind of the theme for today. It shows the way. So have you ever had a major decision? Hopefully all of us have had a major decision at some point in your life, right? Have you ever wondered, uh, should we buy this house or not? Who am I supposed to marry? Should I go to this college? Should I not go to college? Uh, should I take this job? We gotta be able to hear God's voice. And so let me remind you, there's a general will of God and there's a specific will of God. The general will of God is God's word. The specific will of God for your life is his voice speaking to your heart. So here, here's a great example. The great example, uh, or example I'll give you is this. The general will of God, which, which is the Bible, it's gonna show you how to be married, and how to have a successful marriage. How do we do it? What are our roles? How, how, how do we communicate? How do we serve one another? This is the general will of God. Don't fall for the lie that your marriage should be full of screaming and fighting and throwing things and punching holes in the wall. Can I tell you, that's, that's not God's desire for your marriage. None of those verses in here that you should scream at your spouse, and as long as you're screaming at each other, that means you're communicating. That scripture's not in here. <laughs> so, uh, Let's serve one another. That's a different message in itself. God wants unity in your marriage. His general will for your life is unity. And it's going to be found in here. How do we have unity? How do we walk in peace in our home? That's the general will of God. The specific will of God is who do I marry? I've been dating this person for a while. I think I'm supposed to. I don't know. God, tell me if I'm supposed to or not. Who should I marry? But can I tell you this? You cannot know the specific will of God without knowing his general will. You cannot know the specific will of God without having his general will in your heart. Because his specific will, his voice in your heart will never contradict his general will. Well, God told me I'm supposed to go rob that bank this afternoon. No, he didn't. <laughs> that's the bad pizza you had two nights ago. That's not, that's not God. Don't put that on God. His specific will, and when he speaks to your heart, it will align with his general will. His specific will is his voice, his still small voice. You're not going to hear it with your ears, but it is an internal voice that comes from the inside out. Let me explain this briefly. This isn't in my notes, but I'm going to explain it here. Every voice you've ever heard in your life has been from the outside in. I know my, mom, my mom's voice, my dad's voice. I know my wife's voice. I know my son's voice. I can recognize it, right, because it's from the outside in. I can hear it with my ears. The only voice I've ever heard from the inside out is my voice. But where does God dwell? In our heart. So many times people ask, what does God sound like? 
How do I know God's voice? He sounds like you. You're not God. Hear me. But many times we pass off, well, I had a thought the other day. I had a feeling the other day. God was speaking, but you passed it off as a thought or a feeling because it was an inside-out voice. But the only other voice you've ever heard inside out is yours, so you pass it off as your voice. But many times those promptings, that little, I just feel like I'm supposed to pay for this person's groceries. I don't know them, but I just feel like I'm supposed to. Can I tell you, that aligns with God's word. Probably God. I just, man, I just, man, I was thinking about you the other day, and so I, I just wanted to reach out, shoot you a text, and say I love you, and I'm praying for you. Random thought, probably God. We're called to serve people, love on people, pray for people. Many times God's speaking to us a lot more than we give him credit for. Does it align with, but I'll never know the specific voice of God if I don't know his general will. Does that make sense? One ver- oh, you've probably seen this quote, but I love this quote. It's so good. Don't say God is silent if your Bible is closed. This is the key. This is the key to hearing from God. It's not always up to your pastor, your parent, or your spouse to get you a word from God or a word from the Lord. God wants to speak to you directly. He wants to talk to you directly. He wants to prompt you directly. So how do we do it? Let's make it practical then. How then do I set myself up to hear from God and to let his light be a light for my step and for my path in the future? The first thing is this, praise and thanksgiving. I'm going to hit these super quick. Praise and thanksgiving. How do, I get, how do I get direction from God? How do I get direction from his word? Praise and thanksgiving. This seems pretty, pretty common sense, but let me show you scripture to show you what I mean. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Can I tell you, these, next, these three things I'm going to talk about here, we need to do these every day. This is, these are everyday things for you to do. Put on some worship music and enter into his presence every day. Every day. You got to. Enter. The second thing is this, prayer. I praise and I worship him. How do I do that? What am I doing? I'm, well, I'm going into his presence. I'm inviting him into my house. I'm inviting him into the gym while I'm working out. I'm inviting him into my car on the way to work. I'm inviting him in. I pray, and then I pray. James 5, 16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and it produces wonderful results. That can be your prayer. <laughs> That can be your prayer. Well, Pastor, I don't know what, I'm not a good prayer. I don't, know what, I don't know what to pray about. Pray about what you need to pray about. How would you talk to a friend about what's going on in your life? Talk to God. Talk to God. And I promise you, the more you do it, the more you're going to get in the groove and you're going to be fantastic at praying before you know it. Talk to God. The third one is this. Read God's word. None of these are hard, but all three of these will change your life. Praise and thanksgiving. I need to pray. I need to pray every single day. And the last thing is I need to read God's word every single day. We looked at this verse already. Look at it again. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God is a lamp so I know how to take the next step. And it's a light to my path so I know which path of God or which path God wants me to take. So where do I read? Read God's word. Maybe your whole life. Read the Bible. Where? Read stories about people in the Bible that are going through what you're going through. Somebody that's, that's battling a sickness. Someone that has an, an unsurety about their, their future. Someone that, that is restless and anxious or fearful. Read stories about them. God will speak to you through that story. In fact, uh, Pastor Robert Morris, he, he said it this way. The Old Testament has allegorical principles and the New Testament has applicable principles. 
allegorical and applicable, and I can apply it to my life. So here's a great example of that. When I read stories in God's word, right, in, in, in the Bible, it says that Sarah called her husband Abraham Lord. Am I saying that you need to call your husband Lord? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. However, my uh, Leslie's um, dad uses that joke quite a bit with uh, Leslie's mom. Well, Abraham, you know, Sarah called Abraham Lord. That's not what we're saying here. But it doesn't mean you have to call your husband Lord. But the application is what? You do, you, need, you do need to respect your husband. Husbands need to respect their spouse. You need to respect each other. We don't just read over verses and say, well, that was them. That doesn't apply to me. Ask God. He'll show how it applies to you. Let me give you a a personal example. Several years ago when Leslie and I were living in Kansas City, I felt like God was calling us back to Tulsa to start Abide Church. And as we were praying about it, I just said, Lord, that was not our plan. We moved to Kansas City and we thought we're going to be there forever. But God continued to prompt us. And I said, Lord, if this is you, I need a word. Like, I need you to make it abundantly clear that this is you. And I said, Lord, I, I just need a word from you. Show me, show me that this is you. Show me that this is, this is what, what you have for us. And for years, two prayers that Leslie and I had been praying is we, we prayed for several years that we would, have, we would own our own house. We'd been renting, we'd been leasing, but Lord, we, we want to own our own house. That was one thing. We've been, that's been on our prayer list for years, years, and years. And, and, and luckily, we've, we've gotten that. But the second thing was that we want to have more kids we want our family to grow. We want to have more babies. We want to have um, uh, Gavin to have siblings, younger siblings. And so we prayed about these things. And those were on our, our heart and daily on our heart. And one day I was reading and God just, I felt like God prompted me to read in 2 Samuel 7. And in 2 Samuel 7, at the beginning of verse 1, doesn't say to the DeBell family. It doesn't say that in there. You're not going to find that in your Bible. It was talking about something completely different, about someone completely different. But can I show you how God led me there to confirm what he was asking us to do? In 2 Samuel 7, I don't have verse slides for it, but it says this. Here's a few passages from it. One verse says that he says, I will appoint a place for you. I will plant you that you may dwell in a place of your own and you will move no more. The Lord tells you that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish the kingdom. That's when I knew. Confirmed. But do you see, what did it take? Me just wandering around for years. Lord, are we supposed to do this? Are we not? No. I said, Lord, give me a word. Let your word be a light and a lamp so I can see what you want me to do. He will answer that prayer. But we got to be willing to go after it. If I wouldn't have opened my Bible and got in his word, he could never have led me to his will for my life, his specific will. But where did it start? In his general will. See how God wants to move? It's not difficult, but he's got easy, practical things for you to do so he can speak to you on a regular basis. The Bible is more than a book. It's a light to us. It's a light in a dark world. It establishes or it eliminates darkness and it destroys sin in our lives. It helps us recover lost things and stolen things. It gives us direction and it shows us which path to take. If you feel like you've got darkness in your life, sin in your life, things that are confusing in your life, let's be a type of church. Let's be the people that light a lamp and see what God has to say about it. Let's walk in some confidence this week. Amen.
Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we're thankful for you. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. Thank you for loving us enough to give us your word to help us in a time of need. Lord, to help us when we're confused, to help us when we feel trapped by darkness, to help us when we walk in a world full of crooked, perverse, and dark things that are going on around us, Lord. No matter what happens in our world, it may seem dark, but we thank you, Lord, that you are the light of life. And Lord, in it, it's, it's your word. It, we, we embrace it, Lord. We, we celebrate it. And Lord, this week, we are gonna choose to be people that get in your presence through praise and with thanksgiving who are dedicated to daily prayer to you. And Lord, we're gonna be people that are sold out to your word, who are reading, who are searching, who are digging in so that you can speak to us specifically, Lord. As we honor your general will, we thank you. You're gonna give us the specific will for our lives so that we can apply it to our lives. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that as we do these things, would you please give us the boldness to walk it out. Give us the boldness to put feet to our faith so that, We can walk in agreement with you and your will for our life. And we love you and we're so thankful for you, Lord. I thank you for a great week ahead of us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out abidechurch.com.